Forgotten Flicks, episode 87, Dutch, 1991. Now, all we have to do is find one movie that we can both watch. Hey, here's one. Die, scum, sucking, pig, die. <laughs> Ray Walston and Sherman Hemsley in a haunted house, pig. Now, you have rented that 25 times already. It's good. Oh, how about this? Four weddings and a funeral. That's kind of like five of the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> hey, how about WrestleMania bloopers? You could have taped our honeymoon for that. I'm Mark Singer, and you're listening to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. Hello, and welcome. To the Forgotten Flicks podcast. I am Joel. We're going to get right into it. Joined, as always, by the scrumptious Jason. Jason? <laughs> I just want to make it clear right now. I make it a policy never to eat something of fish deposits in riverbed. Just, just so we can get that out of the way right, right here and now. Which surprises me based on the types of cheeses <laughs> I've seen you eat. But let's well, just hey, let, let just me. Because it's fuzzy doesn't mean it's bad. That, this so is true. Let's not get all crazy. <laughs> That's here. what she said. <laughs> no. Don't really even know what that meant. So, okay. So, those of you asking why, why guys have forgotten flicks, did you find it necessary to play a clip from Married with Children when the movie that we're doing tonight is Dutch? Hmm. Well, that's because apparently. Dutch uh, has the same sort of copyright lockdown via YouTube as, say, I don't know, the Star Wars movies or anything put out by Disney. <laughs> because other than the trailer, which we will play momentarily, nada, nothing. <laughs> I got to say I'm a little impressed. I'm a little impressed at this one because, first of all, just so we can make this statement for everybody listening, you and I both watched this completely legally. Yes, we did uh, via Netflix. Yep, and uh, um, only on DVD. Yep. We watched it on DVD. Mm -hmm. uh, but not for trying, not for not trying. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what we often do is look for little sound clips, little bites, little little chunks of the movie that we can play. And I got to say, this is one of the first ones ever yeah, we found since nothing. we've been doing this show that literally the internet seems to have scrubbed itself of this film. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be very telling, actually. <laughs> There's nothing other than the trailer you <laughs> yep. mentioned. It's and, there was, really and I think there was a couple uh, variations of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty much just the trailer. That's what we had. And speaking of, Jason, speaking of, would you like to uh, hear the trailer? Oh, you do have it. I, I do. I do indeed. <laughs> yes. Okay, here we go. Yes, please, please. I'm so lonesome. I'm cry. <laughs> Let me go down and get him. I'm a communicator. I'm a breakthrough kind of guy. Your mom's on the phone. I don't have a mom. You may have a mom. I have a mother. They've only just met. I'm a friend of your mother's. I came to get you to bring you home. And already, oh. they get along. <laughs> like family. I'm not going anywhere with you. What do you like to do for fun? 
Oh, you like the wiggling crunch? Me too. So you and Don are getting along well. Ah, he's not a bad kid. We're getting along just great. Come on, give it to me, pipsqueak. Taking the time, we're seeing the country. And as Doyle himself said, nothing beats traveling the highways and byways. Okay, sugar, what'll it be? What won't make me vomit? <laughs> Give me the cheese. This isn't working out. We're not masters of the highway. We were robbed by homebound hookers. Only because you fell asleep and I got excited. You did? I know where Dutch and Doyle are staying tonight. Knowing Doyle, it'll be first class. 20th Century Fox presents the story of a boy. I got a deck of racy playing cards. Who lost the child in himself. And the man who helped him find it. Is that your most pathetic look? That's not going to get us a ride. This is pathetic. <laughs> Try it. See, I'm not such a bad guy, huh? Dutch. You're like a great big demented child. <laughs> the following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at Netflix on DVD. We now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. Thank you, JV, which, of course, you can find JV at jvmail.com. And speaking of thanks, <laughs> completely forgot to say thank you to our buddy Peter, our man from the land of the Swedes. <laughs> Peter hooked us up with the Mark Singer drop at the beginning and perhaps another drop that I, oh, I don't know, might play at the end. Whoa. And thankfully, he also <laughs> reminded me via email and in a full body image of him dressed as a Viking holding a human head. I don't know what that was about <laughs> that. He had actually sent them to me about a month and a half ago. Um, and I forgot to play them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, that's what October spooky flicks fest did to me. People y'all blame the flicks fest. It makes you crazy. Mm -hmm. It makes you mm -hmm. completely and utterly crazy. Indeed. Yes. That's what does it not uh, yes. co-hosts or anything like that. So Jason, those that are so new, this is, well, this hold on, wait, 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 before before you go before you go crazy on me, I'm not, not going to go crazy. Well, you're going to tell your you're going to do your synopsis, right? So that's basically the same thing. Yep. Okay. So those that are new to the podcast, you got like three episodes left, including this one, three episodes left, and then we're taking a break. So good job. Wait, wait to join the party late. <laughs> but for everybody else, that's <laughs> new. Uh, Welcome, of course, uh, at the Forgotten Flicks podcast, we talk about many movies that are forgotten, like the Diehards and the Gremlins and I don't know what, Jay, the uh, the occasional Back to the Futures, Back to the, Futures the RoboCops. Yeah. Yeah. Once, you know, the ones that nobody ever the, mentions the anymore, the ones obscure, that had no impact yes. on on uh, our culture, culty on stuff. our society. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cult flicks. Yes, yeah, cult yeah. flicks. Yeah, we were thinking about calling this actually cult flicks. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And we realized, I don't know, you know, garbage and pale kids might have thrown that off. So we decided to go with that. So, yes, <laughs> needless to say, we have yet to really stay true to the name of the show. But it is a movie podcast, primarily retro movies, except for when we do our movie picks, in which case anything goes. So, Jason, what were you going to say? What were you excited about? Why are your panties in a bunch? Well, you know, we this is a movie that you and I have mentioned. Uh, I've mentioned to you several times. 
Um, what movie is that? Over the course of the last two years, what, what, we've done this what, show. what movie are you talking about? This would be the movie Dutch. Not Dutch Two, Dutch Oven. Not Dutch Oven. No, Got no, it. that was Comedy Gold. That was uh, was not the same. As Got Dutch. it. Well, that really wasn't a comedy. <laughs> that was for people with a certain um, predilection. <laughs> let's just say. Blanket fetish, maybe? Oh, right. yeah. <clears throat> yes. No, but this is one movie that you claim you had never seen before because uh, there are plenty of films that we have watched and we've seen bits and pieces of um, either flicking through channels or um, looking, you know, watching HBO at the very end or catching a very beginning of a movie as you were just doing something. But this is one that you hadn't seen, but it is one that I saw uh, quite a number of years ago. This is mm-hmm. Dutch came out in 1991. Uh, is when it came out, and it stars Ed O'Neill and Ethan Emery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Emery, sorry. And it was, uh, uh, gosh, kind of low key. I don't remember it really being big when it came out in the theaters. Yeah. I re- I here's fun- what's weird. I remember the trailer because I remember the part where you where you asked the kid what do you like to do for fun. Oh, the wiggling yeah, grunt. Yeah, yeah. wiggling grunt. Yeah. Yeah. That um, I always remembered for some reason. Yeah, but <laughs> wishful thinking. I think on your part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't one that stood out to me in the theaters, but I remember watching it and and liking it fondly. So we had talked uh, about doing something um, about doing this movie and doing it so that you had seen it for the first time and we could talk about it uh, straight up cold. So yes. cold, here we are cold indeed. Two years into talking about it. And finally, yep, uh, we're, we're we're talking about it. So, yeah. Here it is. Yes. So it is special to me. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it but is. I'm a little nervous. I'm mm-hmm. a little nervous. Gotta say. Mm-hmm. Gotta say. You should be. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, are you ready for the synopsis, my friend? Yeah, hold on. Let me grab my uh, my blanket and my pillow. Go ahead. We're good. I'm comfy. <laughs> this one goes out to you, Gail. This one is just just for you. Um, so this is the story, the story, the story, Stoyle. the story, this is the story of, of Dutch du- and Doyle, of and Doyle <laughs> which that, all, that that kills me. Um, yeah. It's the story of Dutch. Basically, it's uh, a, a guy played by Ed O'Neill who is uh, in love with a woman who came from a bad relationship with a rich, stuck-up jag-off who has a Why stuffy... so judge? Wait, wait, wait. Why so judgmental right out the gate? <laughs> you don't know what that guy's been through. Because he's rich, and I hate rich people. That's well, why. Yeah, because you're jealous. I hate my... <laughs> yes yes i am <clears throat> utterly jealous so her ex-husband uh by the name of reed standish oh, God, uh, of yeah. the nice new england standishes benedict cumberbatch <laughs> the third. Uh, i'm pretty sure he was Hold related on. to miles standish wait, but wait, uh, no wait wait from here on out you must do the entire synopsis <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you say something funny, that's how I'm laughing. Go ahead. Because <laughs> it's better than your regular laugh. That's <laughs> so played by Christopher McDonald. Um, and she has a young son who I guess he's what? A shithead? Oh, wait. <laughs> You're, oh, his age? His age. 11, 12, 13. See, I don't hate rich people. I hate trust fund babies that are little assholes. <laughs> wait, I'll get to it. Okay. So he is away at school. And basically he, you know, he is a, he's a, he's an ass. <laughs> he, he's an ass. Uh, mom calls. No, actually, Jason, I want to, I wait, hold on. I want to correct you. He's not an ass. You would strip away the ass and the hole that is left. That is him. <laughs> that is he. <laughs> so his mom 
played by Joe Beth Williams of Poltergeist fame, uh, who played the mom in Poltergeist. She calls and says, Oh honey, I'm, I'm buying you a plane ticket. And he's like, no, I'm going with my dad. And he hangs up on her. And, you know, basically she says, I love you, honey. And he hangs up on her. Well, if you're going to hang up on, on your ma, you wait till she says, I love you. Yeah. You say, Hey yeah. ma, I don't have a ma. You <laughs> may have a ma. I have a mother. Yes. <laughs> You'd also have my size 12 up your ass, you little prick. <laughs> Sorry. So um, Dutch, uh, who is the, I guess, husband-to-be, because he's sort of the boyfriend and, and really likes mom, says, no, let me go pick him up. I'll pick him up. We'll have a road trip together, uh, and, and we'll bond, and we'll get to know each other. And you don't really know much about Dutch other than he seems to be kind of a down-to-earth, blue-collar guy. He's, he's nice to mom. Who may or may not have a cocaine problem. You don't know based on on the way he's acting. Uh, So he shows up at said school and thus begins the beginning of the movie in which we pretty much watch how bad can a child be (laughs) and not be killed? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because Doyle, who is the kid, is pretty much the most evil being on earth, Uh, hateful, spiteful, conniving, just mean little shit uh that you can imagine and ed o'neill what plays would, what would a mean hold on real quick what would a mean little shit actually look like i mean would it have like corn for eyes and kind of the edges that like kind of broken off peanuts for teeth and we kind of growl at you no no he'd have um uh perfectly combed blonde hair uh harry potter glasses that are a little too big mm. uh a tie mm. and a douchebag little a snowflake hat that he wears that uh was he blonde i was thought he, I kind of thought he was like a, a like a chestnut brown no he's got dirty blonde yeah 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 anyway so he decides he's going to make this road trip a living hell and dutch is trying to make it a bonding experience and so that's kind of the the gist of the entire movie uh, all kinds of things happen along their along their route to uh derail them coming home for thanksgiving like hookers which is part of the reason why we did this movie like hookers because it's like hookers in a Camaro. Nice. <laughs> like Dottie. Yes. From as a hooker. We, we now know what happened since Pee Wee rejected Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We'll get into that, though. Yes, we will. Um, so they were and going what happened to one of the daughters from Kate and Allie. Go ahead. Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, they were heading home for Thanksgiving uh, to to mom's house. And uh, dad basically took off to London. So he's he's not around. And so uh, the entire movie is their adventures cross country from Atlanta, where he was going to, to his Pacific, private gee, the traffic is all the way home to Chicago, Chicago, which is interesting. I would say this movie was definitely one part planes, trains, automobiles, one part Uncle Buck. I, I read something that said one part Home Alone. I think that's a bit of a stretch, though. The kid was a bit of a. I mean, Kevin McAllister in Home Alone's a little douche. Like, have you watched that recently? That little kid needs uh, an ass thumping. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, I haven't watched it in probably about a year and a half. Uh, but yes, rewatching it, you forget the part that he is. Like, I don't of- honestly know I would have returned home for his ass. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? This is called character building. If he lives, other good. Than, he'll be a better other person than for go it. to jail or be in trouble. But yeah, yeah well, just. Yeah. He was hiding in the attic, officer. What do you want? And then I'd let the <laughs> officer stay with him for about five minutes. He'd be like, oh, enough said. Yeah, uh, I'm leaving. Put yeah. him back in the attic. <laughs> yeah, don't don't let it happen again, sir. <laughs> wink, wink. 
so that's it. There, that's the end of the synopsis. There you go. That was a good uh, synopsis, my friend, especially so, with all the interruptions. Yeah. <clears throat> you were just trying to stretch it out, make it longer. I know. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, nothing like a joke that played out in 2006 or so. <laughs> Wow, I'm going to start doing that. What's up? Than that. <laughs> That's like bringing back all the worst pop culture <laughs> jokes you possibly can. What are you talking about, Will? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's up? So, Jason, Dutch, much like the oven. Yes. Did it so stink or did you I enjoy the memories, aroma? I'm going to set myself up because I'm really interested to know what you thought of this movie. Mm, are you now? Uh, yes. <clears throat> so uh, first, yes. I want to mention, uh-huh. I was a big Married with Children fan uh, as a kid. Ed O'Neill playing uh, the part of Al Bundy uh, and uh, played it through the late 80s, early 90s. Fantastic, uh, crude humor. Actually, but you know it wasn't, dude. Time. You know it wasn't the early 90s? You know when that show went off the air? I, lo- I was looking when I was looking at all my, my, my research for about five minutes. Well, it started in, in the late 80s, 80, right? Like 87. Yeah, I think it was the same year that the Fox uh, Network came on air. I think it was like 87. It lasted, I want to say it was till 97 or 98. I know it was one of the longest running. It was like 10 or 11 years, yeah. Sitcoms, yeah. That's, yeah, it was crazy. It's amazing. You don't realize how long it was on, but it was. It really wasn't funny, though. It, It jumped the shark when they brought in that little kid. Remember the little blonde kid? Oh, yes. Yeah. It really wasn't funny anymore. But prior to that. One of the greatest comedies. Christina Applegate played Kelly. Dave Faustino playing Bud. Yeah, Grand, Grandmaster Bud. <laughs> Grandmaster Bud. That <laughs> oh, was so great. And Amanda Beers, uh, Marcy Darcy. Oh, that was God. <laughs> Jefferson and Steve. <laughs> and Steve, yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Uh, so I was a big fan of that. I remember watching it as a, as a kid, and I remember watching it growing up all through high school. It was a, um, a film I was fond of. And then, of course – uh, Ed O'Neill has found new life in Modern Family, which yep, one has of my been current favorite a shows. huge success. Yep, love that show. Um, uh, he he is uh, plays one of the one of the characters, the dad character in that um, in one of the family. So he's done very well recently in, in this sitcom, and then also back um, in the day. And I remember when Dutch came out. Um, I don't remember when it came out in theaters, but I remember watching it on HBO, and I caught it like. Right as it started, I watched the whole thing beginning to end, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking as a kid. I remember <laughs> thinking. How did I not know this movie was out there? Because I remember thinking it was better than a movie that you typically don't hear about. Yeah. And first watch on HBO. Yeah, it really, it really bombed. It, bom- it? it bombed like Hiroshima. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, and, and actually, that sound clip that I, pl- I played at the beginning was a joke that Married with Children. That scene was a joke Married with Children played about Dutch. Which, of course, without the visual aspect, not particularly funny. But at the very beginning of the scene, they're going into a video store, and right. there's the standee with all the VHS boxes on it. Because you know, pre DVD, and there's Ed O'Neill's face, but they've got a sign over his eyes, and you can see Ethan uh, em- Ethan Ember. You go completely see next to him. It's the poster from the movie, and it just says "free rental" <laughs> across oh, his face. No. And, she, and and Peg picks it up. It kind of makes this gr- like this face, like no, this is horrible. And throws it down, <laughs> and 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 and, I, and Al just kind of shrugs and walks past it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so sad. But I remember watching it and thinking it was better than I expected to catch a movie like that, not mm-hmm. having heard of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, rewatching it, I wasn't sure if this was going to be a case of C&D because mm. uh, I thought, all right, 
I remember loving it. I haven't seen it since. It's nowhere in pop culture. Uh, you don't hear it mentioned at all. So you don't hear did... kids today walking around talking about wiggling and grunting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I hear that. So I actually did a little test. Yes. I watched it with my uh, with my older kids mm-hmm. to see uh, if they found it funny <laughs> or if I was just going to completely, you know, laugh myself out of the room uh, at my stupidity. But uh, <laughs> I actually really still liked it. And uh, I, what did your kids almost, think? Huh? What did your kids think? They liked it. They yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, but it is exactly as I remembered it. So there are flaws with the movie. I think a few little things. But in general, I really, really enjoyed it. It was written – I don't think we mentioned this. It was written by John Hughes. Yes. Much like um, Beethoven's – what was it? First, second, third, fourth, and fifth? Oh, God. Write all of those? Yeah, I think he wrote all of them. Oh, it's a couple of them under pen names, but he wrote all of them. Ugh. <laughs> I think it was Beethoven's second uh, with Corbin – was it Corbin Burnson or – No, no. It's a Charles Grodin. Was, well, he Charles was in the first Grodin. one. I'm yeah, assuming Was that the like, second one? I assume he was in the second uh, one. He was in the first one. All right. No, I think it was the second. Maybe it was the fifth. Anyway, one of them was nominated for soundtrack for an Academy Award. <laughs> well, I always thought John Hughes was known for that and for Flubber, the remake with Robin uh, Williams. Or but, was, you know, you and I talked about we we talk about him, especially from some of his iconic 80s films. We think of him more as like the director. Yeah. But he's written a, a whole ton more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's directed. And so this is one of those that it definitely has the feel to it. You know, it's a very classic. It's just like it does have the same feel to a home alone. It does have the same kind of yeah. pratfall mm-hmm. um, type of, of humor. Uh, I will say that that Doyle's character um, played by Ethan Embry uh, was. Worse than I remembered him being like mm-hmm. he was just the. The most evil kid like. I, I would have called the cops or called the mom and just, yeah. just ended it there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it, it uh, would have taken. It would have happened a lot sooner than it did for Dutch. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was hard accepting how evil he was. It was hard accepting sort of his turnaround. Um, yeah. Towards I, the end, I actually think we'll get into whether I did or did not like the movie. That was probably my biggest overall criticism. Was yeah, I just didn't. I get how they tried to play it, the yeah. angle they tried to play. Oh, he, what he realizes about his dad, and he and he has this. It just it seemed like a kid being that vile and full of that much anger and venom would have required something much more dramatic. Yeah, than dad, realizing dad was shacking up with a bimbo in London and you know a night in the homeless shelter. Yeah, that. Well, yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, which. We'll let everybody in on it for those of you who can't watch it anywhere else unless you own the DVD. Um, on Blu-ray. At one point, they, they lose all the money they have and have to stay in a homeless shelter. Uh, and while they're in there, he basically meets a, a family that's there. It's towards the end of the film. They've gone through so much together. They're at least getting along. He meets this family that has nothing. They, I guess, came to um, uh, came to, to, town to Georgia, get a job. Right? Was it, was uh, it the Georgia. husband did. Job fell through. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, their little girl is in the bed next to Doyle and she's kind of waving at him and he talks to the mom and, you know, she's real nice and says, you've got a good dad, you take care of each other, that kind of thing. And it yeah. seemed like it was just this, oh, wow, there are people who have it worse off than me. <laughs> that was a little tough to swallow because he came across quite a few people that before was, that. That was the movie's, <laughs> he, uh, um, let's just say heavy handed 
sociopolitical right. point of, oh, see, see, there are people out there that have it far worse than you do, little rich white boy. And <laughs> the thing about, I, I realized a couple of key things. One, Ethan Embry as Doyle, if you look at him, could be the child aged clone of John Hughes. Like, if you look at John Hughes and then look at the kid, like, it's creepy how similar they look. <laughs> so there's that. And then, two, you know who the woman was? That oh, he, yes. I, it jumped out right away. Did it? Uh, See, I, I'm, I'm looking at going, damn it, why do I know her? Like, damn it. It's like trying to rem- Actually, I'm very sad to, to admit this because I looked it up afterwards yeah, to I see what else I had seen her in. Mm-hmm. The first thing I remember, I swear to God, I remember her as the detective in The Fugitive. Really? I didn't even know she was in The Fugitive. I haven't, yeah, seen, I haven't was, seen that in years, though. So She was one of, like, the marshals. Yeah. And I remember that first, and I'm like, but that's not it. Like, yeah. there's something bigger I know her from. Yeah. Want to tell the something, people? Yeah. She was Rose in Lost. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she looked very similar, too. She, like, she, had, she didn't really age a lot between – and Lost came out in 2004. No. So uh, Yes. Yeah, 2004-ish. Yeah. <clears throat> and um yeah but no she looked just the same like she she i guess they aged her more in the latter years of lost yes yeah but in the, when she first came in and was was first there um she didn't but yeah so she was the mom and and she kind of played that part of of uh you know letting doyle know that he wasn't you know he wasn't mr perfect but she didn't know he was rich she just thought that they were um she yeah. was treating him kindly yes and so that's what I guess was supposed to touch him. But I got something to play on that one, though. I got a problem with that. So because everybody, everybody knows that poor people are mean. Is that what you're going to say? Well, generally, yeah. especially if you ever stayed at a homeless shelter. I good, mean, good God. God. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so throughout the course of the movie, we learn that Dutch, in fact, is a construction magnate. Right. Uh, because at one point he mentions that his salary is a far cry more than what his mom gets from his stepdad mm-hmm. or from his dad, his real mm-hmm. dad, you know? Um, and he does have some money in his wallet and he helps, you know, he, he uh, pays a trucker off to, so that they don't get in trouble. But then they drive by a construction site and it says Dutch Dooley construction company or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we at least get this idea that he's got a good amount of money. Yes. Right. He may not be trust fund guy, but he's got a lot of money. Yes, he does. So, but he's earned it. Damn it. Yeah, he is. He's worked his way. His mom, you know, uh, was working mom. His dad was a steel worker or something. You know, they they uh, a truck driver drove a cement truck. Was that it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. A, br- a bricklayer so, or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. So when they're at the homeless shelter, the homeless family, mom, dad, and little girl, who have the junker mobile that looks like it's going to fall to pieces at any moment. Yeah. You know what it was? It was a freaking. Uh, it, it was like the Griswolds when they yeah. got they got done in vacation. Yes. With the, the family wham, what was it? The family truckster or whatever it was called. Oh gosh. They yeah. Du- the big giant wagon. Yeah. They dumped it off and these poor people got it. Yeah. Or it looks kind of like the car that was at the end it, of plane trains. Or, or, exactly. Or that one. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's literally, it's a junker heap. They've just told the two of them that they are dirt broke, had to stay in a homeless shelter. They drop off Doyle and Dutch in front of a mansion on an estate. Mm-hmm. And all Dutch says to him is, hey, come, here's my card. Come come see me on Monday morning. I'll see what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. 
Could he not have gone in the house and grabbed, I don't know, 50 bucks? Could he not have gone in and said, come on in and have something to eat? That is so uh, funny you say that. My wife said the exact same thing. We're watching. She goes, she goes, why didn't they invite him in for like dinner or something? It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is like, that? Yeah. I was like, damn, the best you can do. Well, okay, is- to be, I and my response was, well, buddy, he is giving the guy a job. Uh-uh. <laughs> He said, I'll see what I can do. Well, I think he was just saying that as like euphemistically. I don't think I think he was saying he was going to give the guy because the guy was all happy. Oh, thank you. I think he was going to give the guy a job because the guy got laid off. That was the whole backstory. The husband had been laid off. He had been in construction, blah, blah, blah. So he was going to hook it. See what he was going to do. He was going to find him a position somewhere doing something. So that was very generous. But to your point, it's freaking Thanksgiving. Exactly. And his family was like probably starving with a little girl, this cute little you know, cute little button. This little girl in the back. Like, of course, if she had been ugly, like then it wouldn't have mattered. But you know, cute little girl in the back seat. You know, just like oh, big doe eyes, and they're like, "Hey, well, good luck to you. Here's my business card." Right. I'm gonna go inside my mansion now, where the fire's roaring and the turkey is ready. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. I didn't right realize that when I watched it before, but now I look at it and I was like, "Damn, yeah. that was harsh." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like John Hughes, the classic limousine liberal. Oh, yes, I want to help the poor people. It's sort of like the the, the two uh, rich white people who help um, uh, Doyle and Dutch out that drop them off at the homeless shelter. Oh, yeah. They're like, like oh, we'll help you out. We'll help you out. And then they dump them in the cold. Oh, they'll, <laughs> they'll take care of you here. And, it's and like you turn around. In their Land Rover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they drive off in their Land Rover. They don't give them money or anything. And you could you could practically hear uh, a little orphan Annie inside and the kids <laughs> – it's a hard knock life. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, stupid. Yeah, that part. I was like, really? Wow. Wow. Well, thanks for the lift, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned it earlier, and I did want to bring this up because this was this is definitely um, similar to what we talked about with planes, trains, and automobiles. It yeah. was a road type of movie. Indeed, right? it was. <clears throat> and so, I actually thought this was more like planes trains and automobiles than it was like uh home alone but it, it, you know i understand the kid was in it so that's what made it but more, i think but, and the uncle buck obviously because dutch had an uncle yes. buck vibe to him yeah yes he was a doofy kind of uh goobery blue collar kind of guy yeah yeah um trying his best but just coming across as you know yep. you, you just didn't get it yep um but i the the, the different things that happened to them throughout uh were really more of like the it almost paralleled kind of the things that happened in planes, trains, and automobiles in that they just got, went from a worse to worse to worse to worse situation Mm -hmm. um, as they went on, including, uh, as you mentioned, the hooker situation, (laughs) which (laughs) was, was one of the, the the lead up to it was one of the funnier parts uh, for me as I went back, which was um, Ed O'Neill and, and uh, well, Dutch and Doyle are sitting on the curb and, and Dutch is trying to get him to look pathetic so that they can bum a ride yes he's so coaching him kind of a i don't know mentally challenged face <laughs> kind of a, he's like no more like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the kid is making the face and of course two uh blonde primped up girls getting into well, no, their no. One, one blonde one brunette one brunette okay yes. uh primped up I girls noticed. getting into their camaro <laughs> take pity on them and say oh look at that isn't that sad? Let's yeah, give them a ride. By the way, from about 150 yards away. Right. <laughs> so for all we know that they, for all they might know that this old guy is propositioning this child for sexual favors based on the grunting that they might have been able to hear on the wind. 
<laughs> in a dark parking lot yes. sitting on a curb yes somewhere yeah. yes <clears throat> so they get in said camaro and they start riding down the road and the people i believe it was a, was with, it was it an iraq <laughs> oh it might have or, been or was it a z was it a z28 <sighs> god i don't remember it wasn't a firebird it wasn't no, really it was a camaro. A camaro. i think it, it might have been an iraq wasn't that a C28? Wasn't that a a model of Camaro? I know I don't know. I know Jack about cars. Yeah, but yeah, but it wasn't like a straight up Camaro because um, my, my dad, dad had, had one. Of, my dad had one of those, like an '82 Camaro, or 80, was '82 or '84, something like that. I remember that we rode in that for about twelve hours to the mountains. That was fun in the back. Oh yeah, because the back seats in Good those are so God. It's a hatchback. Oh yeah, horrible. Tilt your head to the side. Yes. <laughs> the only like ten year old with like a crick in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn yeah. cars! <clears throat> yeah, that's the only thing. A lot of these movies, especially the ones that they film inside of a, a car, so you're watching the people interact. Some of them feel like they basically cut the car in the middle. Oh, and they had to. There's no separated way separated them so that it, you could actually film inside. Nanotechnology would not have been able to. <laughs> you, they couldn't have used that to film inside. One no, because they had like three feet of headspace above them. There's no way they were yeah, doing that. No, no. <laughs> but the two ladies. Of the they night. were driving it. Were Elizabeth Daly, yep, who played Dottie in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and who sang in Better Off Dead. That's right. Better That's Off right. Dead. She was the, and to live yeah. without you. <laughs> um, and then when they first started talking, when the two of them and you couldn't really see them, um, Dottie has a very or Dottie Elizabeth <laughs> Daly has a very distinct Dottie. voice. She has a very distinct voice, so she was easy to make out. Uh, who it was minus but the plastic one, well wait minus the plastic surgery because she'd had some work done at that point she looked really? di- she looked different to me yeah yeah well no when when did peewee come out uh the movie 85 peewee's big adventure 85 yeah and uh, better off dead was 86 oh that's right yeah yeah so she had time the- she she used her peewee money for that <laughs> i know his job yeah buddy i uh allegedly but <laughs> No comment, no comment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought, um, when I first started, when I first heard them talking uh, uh, from the car, the the voice of the other girl, yes, I actually thought was uh, Carrie Green, uh, who played Andy in the Goonies. It sounded like really? her voice at first. That's who you thought that was. Well, and then I saw her, and I'm like, oh no, that's not her. Did you know um, who it was? Then, well, it was my it was my wife that pointed out. She knew who it was. Yeah, I did too. It was uh, the the girl from Kate and Allie. I used to love that show. I you never watched it? I don't remember ever watching. I knew of it, but I don't remember literally anything of it. If I have watched, I remember. It, so. I remember Chip was the little brother, and he went on. I can't remember what it was. It was like years and years and years later. I want to say it was like an episode of SVU or something. He was playing a child molester killer and. <laughs> I hadn't oh, seen God. I hadn't seen him in years. And it was like, Chip? <laughs> oh my oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> How far ye have fallen, my friend. I don't remember if it was SVU. It was a show like that, but Yeah, right, right. Like, you know, but, like Lawn Order but or uh but the the uh what was the actress's name who played um Hooker number two? Hooker in the backseat. <laughs> what was her name? I can't remember. Gary Myers. Yeah, that's you it. From Kate Nally? Yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah, she was my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how old? Did she look to you in that in Dutch? Um, I was praying old enough that it wouldn't have been as creepy <laughs> as what I was thinking. 
<laughs> How old did she look? I would Not say 20, 20. You thought she looked 20? Yeah, 20. Pushing 20. Yeah. Wow. To me, she was looking like 17. She looks young. She always – but I was, did you look up how old she actually is? She was 22 in that. Yeah. See, I feel far 22. less gross. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad I could cleanse you uh, for that. But she, to me, looked really young, and that felt a little creepy for the fact that they were hookers. Um, but then, of course, at one point, they uh, uh, Doyle has a heart-to-heart – uh, with Brock. Yeah, yeah he does. Brock. What the hell is that? She's name. Isn't that the name of Dirk Diggler's character in one of his porn movies in Boogie Nights? Brock <laughs> Landers. I'm like, the hell kind of chick hooker name is that? Brock. It's like, was she packing a kielbasa in her pants? What? <clears throat> no, it was a terrible name. Brock. But uh, she has Brooke? This Okay. Well, yes, Brooke or Barbie. Or or brackish, <laughs> something. Bimbo would have been nicer than Brock. <clears throat> but uh, she has a heart to heart with him, or more, her heart to his face, because uh, he falls asleep on her boobs and drools all over them. Well, hello. <laughs> he wouldn't have had to have been sleeping for that to happen. Yeah, that was a bit of an editing error, though, because if you watch when they first get in the car and they kind of reveal what they do. They show a close-up shot of her cleavage, like in an open sweater. Yeah. But then the next shot where they pan out and it's Doyle looking over at her chest, she's got a turtleneck on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, her, her turtleneck is like an uncircumcised penis. <laughs> she just rolls it down, shows a little, and then <laughs> rolls it right back up, baby. It was cold. It was. It was. Cold. It was snowing. <laughs> Is that uncircumcised cleavage? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. So pretty much, they get robbed by the hookers who leave them at the gas station. Yeah, and they get outsmarted by two hookers <laughs> in an IROC Z twenty eight. We think, and and not only that. Um, <laughs> wouldn't you be woken up by someone squirting lotion in your mouth? <laughs> I hope that was lotion. I'm hoping she doesn't keep like a keepsake from her customers. <laughs> I wanted to know, first of all, what the hell that was. Yeah. As- all I'm saying is if I'm in a hooker's car and I fall asleep, a what the hell? And two, <laughs> if I get a mouthful of, we'll call it lotion. <laughs> I'm pretty much cutting out my own tongue. Because that was a very weird little bottle that she pulled yeah. out. And she was trying to lotion his finger to get his big diamond Oh, dude, off. you don't think it was like a... Like a yes. Like a, like a douche thing, dude. Oh, no. I thought it was more like lube lotion or something. Oh, because I'm thinking, oh, oh. God, no. this gets oh. worse and worse. What the hell kind of movie was this? <laughs> and you watch this with your kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I thought it was just because it was a little pocket lotion model. Yeah, pocket rocking. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So, of course, the other bonding moment, uh, since we're talking sex, was, of course, the nudie cards. Yeah, let's, think, let's, let's, let's break this movie down real quick. Real quick, um, much briefer than usual synopsis. So what do we have so far? <laughs> we have a bunch of rich white people who have to learn the errors of their rich white ways. By the way, written and produced by a very rich white guy. <laughs> where they 
<laughs> subsequently learned the errors of their ways by going to a homeless shelter to help out this family whom they do not invite in for Thanksgiving dinner. They send off presumably to another homeless shelter <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's right. I might add, because where else did they go? I mean, are they going? If in you go to one, it's one of my construction sites. They're all over the place. You can't miss them. If you park <laughs> there under the girders, it's actually warmer because it buffers the winds coming in from Chicago. <laughs> so there's this, and then we have this whole subplot of hookers in a Z28 and white lotion being squirted into Dutch's mouth as he sleeps. <laughs> By said hooker. Hmm. <laughs> and one of the chicks from Kate and Alley, who's obviously had to turn to prostitution after that show was canceled. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Her character, of course. <clears throat> this yes, is a exactly. great way. And then you, we were going to go into the nudie the, cards. The nudie cards. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and well, and you forgot. Well, you did mention briefly that Dutch uh, paid off a trucker to not rat out the child for attempted murder. Uh, yes. And wrecking the car. Yeah. Yeah. Which was basically a, you know, okay. Maybe attempted manslaughter because somebody could have easily died in that scenario. Someone. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, and truck driver was played by, uh, Mickey Jones, who is kind of that quintessential red bearded, scraggly truck driver. He is to truck driver, biker stereotypes of movies as Buck Flowers is, to homeless to drunk, drunk guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, by the way, 1991, there, I thought that that guy who played the trucker was, was going to be the second connection to this other 1991 movie. But can you tell me the connection to T2, which also came out the same year that happened right around that time period? It's before the trucker actually hits the car. But there is something else there. I will give you a hint. It is not an actor or actress that connects the two movies. The name of the hotel? Nope. I don't know. I don't remember what the name of the hotel was. Maybe, maybe yes, but that's not what I was going with. Mm, I don't know. Was he watching something on TV? I didn't see. No, but when he was laying in bed, if you listen, yeah. you hear the song, the country song that guitars and Cadillacs, hillbilly yeah. music. That's when the, the, the Arnold goes into uh, the biker bar at the beginning of T2 yep. and he's scanning and everything. Yep. That's the song playing. Yeah. And, it, and I wow. was, I was so hoping that the truck driver was also one of the bikers in that scene. I was like, oh, that would have been awesome. And then, no. I thought he was a biker in every movie. No, he was not in that movie. I looked it up. He was not in T2. Although he was in, was it Total Recall? He was in another Arnold movie, but it wasn't T2. Yeah, he was in Total Recall. He was in uh, Vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation. That's Chip right. Chase. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, he's he's definitely the biker dude. But. Yeah. Oh, and uh, 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 another Really random, cool piece of trivia. Do you know what other, I don't want to call it a movie because it's not, what other entertainment enterprise Mr. Ed O'Neill and Ethan Embry starred in together? Oh, I didn't know they were in anything else together. Yes, they were. And I didn't either until I looked it up. <laughs> um, was he in a Married with Children episode? Mm, um, no, but I do believe the guy who played the truck driver was. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, I, I could see that one being easy. Yeah. Um, gosh, I have no idea. I'm I'm absolutely I don't know much of else what uh, Ethan Emery was in in the especially in the 90s after this. And it wasn't Vegas Vacation or that thing you do. <clears throat> it was it was 
The remake TV show of Dragnet. Do you remember when Ed O'Neill did that? It lasted for like a season and a half, maybe two seasons. They were partners. I think he was supposed to be the, if we're going now to the Dragnet remake movie starring Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks, I'm pretty sure Ethan Embry's character was supposed to be like the Tom Hanks character. And Ed O'Neill was supposed to be the Joe Friday, you know, Dan Aykroyd. Like the super smart, super serious. Yes, yes. Hmm. So, yes, apparently years later, they played partners. I completely missed that. Me too, if I hadn't been cheating on IMDb. (laughs) Yeah, Mm. Yeah, because now that you mention it, I remember Ed O'Neill did a Dragnet series, but I never... Yeah, it tanked pretty bad. I never watched it. Yeah, pretty much tanked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, of of course... I had enough with uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd, so... Yes, and then, of course, another completely random bit of trivia. Character's name of the kid was Doyle. Uh-huh. Ed O'Neill played Popeye Doyle in the Popeye Doyle TV pilot, which was a spin-off of the French Connection. Popeye Doyle was the cop originally played by Gene Hackman. Check it. Uh, Check it. Wow. Yeah, I know he was in Popeye Doyle. And you know what? It seems like if he's not if Ed O'Neill's not playing a um Al Bundy type character, yes. Uncle Buck type, then he's playing a detective or uh, yeah. a that's that's kind of his typecast. Yeah, he's either very, very it's always a kind of serious even even Al. Al was a you know, obviously a dope and did, you know, crazy things. But there's a seriousness even to Al. You know what I mean? Deep there's this yeah. it, I don't know how he does it, but it's almost like he's still the straight man, but he's not. He's yeah. you know, because obviously he does these wacky things and but yeah, but yeah, it's uh, he always kind of ends up because even in Modern Family, the character Jay, he has those Al Bundy moments, which I always love because they, they do the break the fourth wall thing where they talk to the camera every once in a while. He'll do these yeah, little yeah. things and you're like, oh, there's Al. I see him. <laughs> yes. He's still there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that's good stuff, man. <laughs> good random trivia for the folks. OK, so now mm-hmm. you have to spill your hooker lotion oh. and tell me what oh, you I thought. Did th- I did that. Dur- oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. And tell me what you thought. Okay, of the movie. so here, here's the thing about these kind of movies. I have this theory that there are different grades to John Hughes pictures. There's the A grade. Okay, that is the Breakfast Clubs, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, which he didn't direct, but I always just assume it's him. I know that, but it's it's a freaking John Hughes movie. Okay, Sixteen Candles. There's those movies. Okay, and then you could maybe throw some kind of wonderful in there as well. But then you have the next tier. Okay, and the next tier are movies like Home Alone. uh, Yeah, like good, really good movies. Like these would be the B uh, level movies, which are like, yeah, they're great movies. You know, like Vacation, Home Alone, Great Outdoors, Great Outdoors, and 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 you know, movies like Great Outdoors. You know, we already had the discussion that didn't hold up quite as well for me as you did for you. But Uncle Buck, love Uncle Buck. That would be up there. But I still don't think of it as being the same, like that top tier, like what he's known for, the Ferris Bueller Day Off kind of thing. Yeah. Then you have the next level. I would throw Dutch into this level, which is the career opportunities, Dutch. I might even throw Great Outdoors in this level. Maybe. Great Outdoors fluctuates between the the B level. And and this was not necessarily C level. And I don't mean that like as in bad, but C as literally like as in what it's meant academically, average. Like they're not great. So you're not, not hating it. No, I didn't. Here's the thing but, about it. I did not hate the movie. I actually enjoyed it on some level. I purposely went in with the attitude of 
I'm just going to turn my brain off. I'm expecting this to not be great. It's going to be fun to see Ed O'Neill right when he was in the heyday of playing Al Bundy yeah. on, on Married yeah. with Children. It'll be fun to see that. I remembered elements of it. Now, here's what's really weird, though. I know I never saw this movie yet. Certain scenes seem very familiar. Now, I don't know if that's just because one of the things that I noticed this movie was accused of horribly was that it was it was like John Hughes phoned it in. This is sort of what he was accused of. It was a sampling of his greatest hits kind of uh, kind of screenplay. But that yeah. being said, the whole last scene, especially with the BB gun, like I remembered that almost verbatim. So either I caught that somewhere. Yeah, you probably saw it. Like, yeah, like you said before, like flip it through HBO, you sketch I, the last 10 minutes or something because that whole, yeah, that whole thing seemed very familiar to me. So I don't know if it's one of those that I saw this movie and blacked out. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But so that's where I would put this movie. Then the next level down would be the Beethoven's, the Flubbers. So really Sue. Oh, God. <laughs> Which is that another level down? How how horrible is it? That's the last movie he directed. Ugh. Think about, at least if Uncle Buck, because I was Uncle Buck came out right before Curly Sue. If that had been the last movie he directed, I can I can totally accept that. But Curly effing Sue. Actually, between Uncle Buck and Curly Sue. He had Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, but he career wrote all, opportunities. But he, but he wrote all those. He didn't direct yeah. any of them. No, no, you're right. You're right. So his yeah, last directorial, directorial effort. Right and, and I always had this theory about him is that he directed to get the power he needed to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. Because I don't know that he was a good director, obviously, with the pictures, except for Curly Sue, that he did. Because like Planes, Tra- and obviously Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I forgot to mention that that would be the top tier as well. And, yeah. But yeah. – other than Curly Sue, and some would argue, argue Uncle Buck, and I maybe can admit that there's some C&D with that one, but I don't give a damn. I still love it. Most of his movies he directed were great. Like, truly great classic comedies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yet, he's, I almost get this vibe, like, he really didn't like directing or he didn't want to do it, because why would that be it? Why would you go from 90, what was Curly Sue, 92, 93, somewhere in there? Uh, 90, no, same year, 91. Oh, was it 91? Okay. Why would you... Of all the property, okay, all the property he had, why would he direct that one? Why not direct Career Opportunities or, you know, why, what was the other one? Uh, yeah. Christmas Vacation even, because he had written all three of them. So why right, not right. direct Christmas Vacation? Or even Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why not? Why, why Curly Sue? Why is that the one? And then was it such a bad experience that he literally, I can't do this anymore? Right, that he just doesn't want to do it. I, my, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know this. I'm just making it up, but... I wouldn't be surprised because I've definitely heard people who have, um, as they've directed and done things, if they direct a bad movie and the press eats them up, that they just want to walk away from it. And some do, uh, some just kind of walk away for a while. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if, because he seemed kind of the quiet type that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he got so much guff from this, especially if he had been on such great heights with his previous movies, then define the 80s that. This one, he's kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to write. <laughs> and actually, what's interesting is there is definitely a pivot point with his career. Because if you look at Home Alone, after Home Alone, and this sort of this 90, because Home Alone came out, was yeah. it 90 or 91? Home Alone came out in 91. Okay. So Home Alone came out in 91, along with Career Opportunities. I'm sorry, Cur- 1990. Okay. Yeah, see, see, I, I think career, uh, career Opportunities, I think Home Alone is the pivot point. Because yeah. pre-Home Alone, you got... Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Yep. You've got Ferris Bueller's Day Off, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So you've got these classic comedies, right? And yep. then 
after Home Alone, the wheels yeah. fall off the bus, so to speak. I mean, they really do. I starting with starting with uh, this one, you know, with Dutch and Curly Sue, they they are not the caliber that he well, made. All before. three of those movies tanked. I mean, I don't I don't know how bad yeah. Curly Sue actually did, but I know that Career Opportunities. I will admit it now, guilty pleasure. I haven't seen it in years. I loved it. And I mean, you could guess why. Watch the trailer. Jesus, what's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Connelly. And <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So that one I loved as a kid. I saw it a stupid amount of times at the theater. They thought something was wrong with me. And in fact, they were right. And but it wasn't a hit. I mean, at all. It tanked. Interesting side note. First CD I ever bought was a soundtrack to that movie. Was Career Opportunities? Yep. Huh? Yep. Anything with Jennifer Connelly in it, I Great. buy too. Oh. In, in a white tank top. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> um, point of note, Curly Sue has to date cleared its budget. Uh, wow. Just- that, hold on. <laughs> wow. Good job. It Which in, well, hold on, in Hollywood, that's actually a big deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'd have to agree. And it's, and I, I often wondered if it wasn't so much that John Hughes took a turn I mean, some of the films were literally bad films, but I think it was almost his style became so cliche and his style just didn't change. Yeah. Like he kept cranking out movies that were almost identical in the eighties. They worked cause they were new, but then once he hit the nineties, it's almost like the movies were all the same, still the same type of thing. You know, he got, and I'm talking about the ones he wrote, mm-hmm. you know, like Beethoven and flubber. And, uh, you know, it just felt like he, his, style didn't fit the times anymore well and i think well the, all those pictures and, and that's why i say home alone is a pivot point i because that was such a huge hit i mean a stupid yeah. big hit oh gosh yes that i really think he got into this mindset of you know he had a family i know he had a young family at that point and it was yeah. just of a mindset of oh, okay i'll do family pictures now and that was what he wanted to do because yeah. prior to that his movies were not they weren't obviously family movies they weren't i mean none of them but but they were they were smart comedies. There was a real intelligence to them. But they also were very sentimental. I mean, they had these like very tear jerky kind of moments to them. But it worked. And they, but they were still a little. They weren't little kid movies. You no, know? not they at all. Still, no, not at all. Um, you know, they weren't safe for the little ears. They were more um, teen. You know that that genre without being crude in anything. But they, but they were they teen were. in the sense of what we say teen now. Teen now equals stupid. Let's just say it. Teen. <laughs> no, but movies that are marketed yes. and made for teen audience are idiotic. Okay. They treat teenagers <laughs> like they're morons and they're stupid. Whereas John Hughes movies were not. No, they weren't. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think that that's the key is that his movies, while obviously dealing with that time period, they were something that anybody of a certain age and beyond could relate to. And there were so many things going on, you know, under the surface and at different levels that, you know, in a brilliant writing, dialogue, characterization, all that kind of stuff. But when you get after home alone, it's almost like that formula, you know, yeah, he kept trying to go back to the well. Like if you watched, I watched yeah. the trailer for career opportunities that I hadn't seen in a long time. It was worth it. But <laughs> the, the watching it, it, it's like the, the character, the Frank Dodge or whatever his name is, the or Lloyd yeah. Dodge. I can't remember what the first name of the character that Frank Whaley plays. It can't be Frank Dodge because Frank Whaley played him. But anyway, <laughs> he's obviously meant to be this sort of low rent Ferris Bueller 
Sort of like if Ferris Bueller had actually been a loser that nobody liked or believed. And because uh, yeah. it just even had that vibe in the trailer. Like you just you could feel this sense like, OK, I'm just going to go back to the stuff that I know works. So then you have Dutch, yeah. which is yeah, planes, trains and automobiles with some Uncle Buck thrown in. And, you yeah. know, you have yeah. Curly Sue, which is, you know, sort of the, the going back to that idea that he was starting to play off on since Home Alone of the sort of the, the little the little ragamuffin kid who is scrappy. And it's like, OK. Yeah, right. So, it, it, again, it's the formula that worked for him for a time, but then it just, I think, didn't work for people anymore. I think it just kind of ran its course. And then at some point, circa 1997, 8-ish, whatever, Disney got a hold of his ass and paid him a crap ton of money. And to be fair, they were hits because he, what he did, Flubber, he did 101 Dalmatians, the live action one. Uh, yeah. What else did he do? I know you did a couple, right, for Disney. Um, did you do I the sequel? Remember. To 101 Dalmatians? Oh, I don't know if he did 102 Dalmatians. I don't think he did it. I think he just did the 101, which yeah. um, which was the uh, the uh, Glenn Close. Yes. Um, with which you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they paid him a lot. Uh, oh yeah, so. no, yeah, that was those were as our as 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 our buddy Lance. <laughs> Shh, he is. Stop judging us. He likes to say alimony pictures. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and then he kind of trailed off after that because he had TV movie, did Beethoven's Third, just visiting uh, screenplay, which was the, the Jean Reno. Wasn't that Christine Applegate? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was the uh, the Knights. Yes. In Manhattan, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. What a wacky <laughs> fish out of water story. <laughs> So I choose to remember him for his 80s films. You choose to remember uh, him for Curly Sue, Dutch, and Beethoven. Uh, eh. Yeah. So. Yes, but long story short, I didn't hate Dutch. I liked it. Yeah. I could see, I could totally see it being a movie that had I watched it when I was younger, I would have had CND all over it. And, yeah. been, you know, I'd been like, I yeah. don't give a crap. Yes, I know. I know those plot holes. I know it's derivative crap. I don't care. I like it. Yeah. It's one yep. of those. It's just a fun kind of holiday movie. I do find that from a story character position, the the Doyle character, yeah, it, it was, was hard too, to, to reconcile with. Yes, these. and and I didn't, I didn't like. He got too much of the upper hand on Dutch, you know, especially the physical thing. Like I didn't buy. Yeah. Okay, one time he hits him fine, but I kind of like the idea that I would have liked it if they had forced the character to have. A little bit more humility. They, there was sparks of it. Every once in a while, he would act like a kid to be a little scared, and then he would play it off. Well, and he never really got knocked down a peg. Yeah, and know? that's what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, it really, that's what it was. You wanted to see his ass. Like, I actually thought there was a real opportunity when they got jumped by the security. I don't know, after this, we'll go in our movie picks. But the security guards, when they got jumped, right? Yeah, right. And that was a, that was a pretty, that was a good scene, because, you know, they end up with this BB gun, and uh, yeah. they're going to get their, they're getting their butts handed to them, and. Dutch starts telling him to, you know, let the voices in his head go away. These guys don't want to die. And it's a right, funny right. scene. But I actually thought there was this opportunity because it would be cool to, at that point if Dutch, like, it just beat the snot out of those guys. Like, say they've yeah. been really taken advantage. Like, say that like the whole part of the kid, like, goes, you know, three ninjas kick back on their asses and, and you know, beats the crap out of these grown men. I'm like, yeah, okay. Because he's a friggin' yeah. like, brown belt in Taekwondo. All right. Yeah, these <laughs> yeah. 300 pound security guards who just he belly jumps. Jumps up to head height and yeah, it was stupid. So it. yeah, it, you know it was stupid. So had they like he tried that crap and they had gotten the upper hand on him and hurt him like really hurt him. 
right? Yeah. And then Dutch is like, you know, basically F this, goes in, beats the snot out of these guys so that he could have seen that Dutch let him win. Right. One of those kind of moments, right. you know, where it's like, oh. Yeah. It, it was nothing like that. Like, I wanted that kind of moment. No, I agree. That's what I felt I, let down. If I felt let down by anything, it was never that moment, like you said, he's knocked down a peg. No. Oh, except for when I he's agree. in the I homeless shelter. I would have liked shelter. to have seen him. Yeah. <laughs> With all the poor folk. Oh. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. did you pick something? Yes. Um, other I than d- your nose, I did. Are you ready to uh, share your movie pick with us, my friend? <sighs> I will tell you now. I changed mine in the middle of our conversation. So go ahead. <laughs> mine originally was um, career opportunities. <laughs> it was career. Uh, yes. Oh, and you. I guess we kind of talked about that enough, didn't we? Yeah, we kind of did. And and that wasn't the only reason why. It's like as I as I was thinking of something else, I realized originally there was something else I wanted to pick I had forgotten. I only okay, wanted to pick well, career opportunities because of Jennifer Connelly in a white tank top. <laughs> that works. That yeah, works. Totally. So um, I picked another uh, 1991 film. Mm-hmm. And this one also had Ethan Emery in it. He was not a main character, but he was, he was also in it. Um, and I also chose it because it was another one of those films that I didn't see when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as another understated film that when I watched, when I did watch it beginning to end, I thought I was actually pretty good. And I'm surprised I hadn't heard more of it. And I don't know how well it did in theaters uh, or, you know, if it, if it bombed or tanked, but I picked defending your life. Ah, yeah. The Albert Brooks one or their angels, Meryl Streep, right? Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep. Yeah, that was a good movie. The the story, it it was directed, written and starred Albert Brooks. Um, And it's basically the idea of when you die, you go to judgment city and you go, uh, on trial for your afterlife and uh, totally Brooks, what is happening to Jason Groom. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's going to pretty much be a monkey court because <laughs> that would be a, uh, yes, just get him out of here. Um, so Albert Brooks is on trial and I, and the whole shtick to it is what nobody knows is that life you're judged by how afraid you are, but nobody tells anybody that on earth. And so, um, he has to prove that he wasn't afraid and cause he was always in love with Meryl Streep and never really, you know, did it and anything about it. So, um, it's, it's a very, uh, if you know, Albert Brooks's style, his comedy, that that's pretty much this character throughout. I think he's really funny. I liked him in this. Um, but it was a very quiet movie. It wasn't, you know, ridiculously laugh out loud, but there were cute moments in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I remember watching it again as an HBO flick or a Cinemax or something and, uh, really enjoying it. Haven't seen it in a while. But um, uh, when I did see it, I remember thinking the same thing I thought when I saw Dutch was, oh, this was surprisingly good. So maybe that's it. Maybe I went into it with no expectations or probably low expectations thinking, here's a movie I've never heard of that's now on HBO. That maybe Mm -hmm. that was the setup that Mm -hmm. made me think, hey, this is actually pretty good. Versus I went into it thinking, oh, this is a John Hughes movie. Oh, it's guy and that probably would have been a, a little more of a letdown for me. So, and I think the first time I saw defending your life was also one of those HBO. Yeah. Kind of catch in the afternoon. You're like, Oh, that's just pretty good. Right. And you kind of find yourself watching the whole thing. So, um, anyway, it was good. Uh, Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep, 1991. Nice. Uh, defending your life. So there's Ex- my excellent choice for <laughs> once. <Just kidding. laughs> so my pick was originally career opportunities. So, you know, yeah, well, there you go. There's that one. Clearly, that's down the toilet now because yes. tank top things just run its course. Yes, it did. It did. And <laughs> it's back again. So in my choice from 1996 was That Thing You Do. Did you ever see That Thing You Do? 
I've seen the thing that I do and I really don't want to see that. No, no. Um, um, I have not seen it. I know what you're talking about. Some with Tom Hanks. He actually, actually, he was, he has a small part in it. It's actually his writing and directorial debut. He wrote it and directed it. That's like the Beatles spinoff. Like, are they not, uh, not really kind of like about a band? Yes. Yeah, a band in the sixties called the right. wonders, but everybody calls them the own eaters because they spell it. O N E instead of W O N. Cause they're trying to be oh, funny. And cute. Got yeah. it. <laughs> the own, the own eaters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's got this great catchy song that they become basically they're one hit wonders, hence the name. And uh, they, of course, at the time don't know this. Their song gets on the radio, and it's literally about them going from being this small garage band in a small all American town, and the whole arc uh, of their their rise and and subsequent fall from from grace based on this one hit that they have. That they, it's called that thing you do, and it starred. Jonathan Shake is star. It was actually the film debut of, uh, I believe, it was Tom Everett Scott, who in the movie does. It's almost creepy how much he looks like a young young Tom Hanks. Uh, but <laughs> Ethan Embry is also in it. He plays the. I want to say is he the bassist? I think he's the bassist in the band because uh, Steve Zahn is in as one of his uh, earlier movies. I always like Steve Zahn. He's kind of a one of those wacky kind of character actors. Uh, but Liv Tyler is in it. She's got a pretty big part. Charlize Theron. Is in it? She's, oh wow! Yeah, it's one of her earlier movies, and you can't go wrong with that. And uh, yeah, it's just got a fantastic cast like Giovanni Ribisi's in it, uh, Alex Rocco, um, oh Peter Scolari from Bosom Buddies. With Tom, oh, yeah, nice. he's, he's got a very small part in it. Even Rita Wilson, uh, Tom Hanks's wife, has a small part. So it's got this great cast, and it's just about this this band, and it's got this energy to it. It's just a fun, fun fun movie. I, I loved it when I saw it. I saw it several times when it came out and I, most people that I've talked to that have seen it tend to really, really love it. So, and <laughs> the ones that don't suck Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so that thing you do from 1996, that's my pick. You know, there are people out there. I hate to say this. There are people out there who hate Tom Hanks. You know, anybody that, to, I'm yeah. pretty much sure if you hate Tom Hanks, you're, I would call you a commie, but that's an insult to commies. <laughs> I'd call you a Nazi, but quite frankly, <laughs> that would be an insult to Nazis. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, how do you hate Tom Hanks? Seriously, that's like hating the Muppets. I, I don't know. That's like hating the Muppets. I, it's, it's un-American. Just, I mean, from Joe versus a volcano alone, how can you not? Never, I've never seen it, still to this day. Oh my God! You've got to watch that movie. Should do, You're should killing we, me. Wait, wait. Should we do that one instead of the next one, just so I can have Kevin Spencer come and murder me in my sleep for changing the show art? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we should totally do that. Uh, Kevin's like Kevin's in the middle of doing all these huge life upheaval things. He's like, okay, I can get this art to you guys quick because by the end of the year, I'm not gonna have time. But oh yeah, yeah, these are the last couple of movies we're doing, guy. Well, you'll be good. You're not changing it, right? No. What me? I would never change the show schedule. <laughs> Until we're talking and Jason points out, I've never seen Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> that has to be the lost episode. Like he has to do that artwork for us just so we can put it out oh, and, and never and actually. W- yeah. Never actually record the episode. Yeah. Just <laughs> why is it a playing? It's not working. <laughs> uh, we both know Kevin Batchelder would be the only one that would tell, tell me that it wasn't playing. Everybody else would just, yeah, whatever. He goes to crap. Fine. <laughs> Good. I say I saved an hour and a half of my day. <laughs> And I'm going to listen to those morons. <laughs> so, Jason, speaking of, want to hit him with some knowledge? Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Or um, don't. Check us out on Facebook. 
<laughs> on Facebook. We have a, a page for the podcast where we put all of the podcasts up. You can listen to them directly from Facebook, or you can join the shenanigans with us on our fan page. Uh, you can also check us out on the website at Forgotten Flicks. That's flicks with an X dot uh, com. And we are on Twitter at Flicks Sidekick. That's me and at Forgotten Flicks. That's Joel. Uh, and as always, please go to iTunes, give us a rating, but only if it's five or better. And five uh, or better. Now, I, it'd be awesome. Somebody pulls out a six. That'd be great. Uh, uh, we, if anyone, we can do it. That's well, if you uh, add the one one star we have to one of the fives, that's six. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. That probably pushes our average up to like two. Yeah, but, it might. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yes, and of course, thank you to JV of JVMail.com and our buddy Kevin Spencer for the awesome show art, which is constantly organic and changing. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Kevin at inkspatters.com. And of course, thank you again to Peter for the awesome Mark Singer drop. I'm going to do it one more time. Guys, you realize this is Beastmaster, right? Seriously? <laughs> okay, hold on. Hi, I'm Mark Singer, and you're listening to the Forgotten Flicks podcast. Yes, we are Beastmaster. Oh, <laughs> I didn't expect that reaction. Dear God. Okay. And then, of course, I love that movie. I love that. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great movie. And we never did Beastmaster. What the hell kind of what are we going on a hiatus for, dude? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, right, speaking of that, do, you, do, do you want to mention the hiatus again? You want to just kind of mention it every episode, just kind of like rub their nose. I mean, remind everybody. <laughs> yes. Catch us while you can. Uh, we've got a, only after this two more episodes. Uh, we are wrapping up our second year of recording and uh, we're going to be at 89 episodes and we're going to be taking a break for a little while. We're not disappearing. We promise we are not out of the podcasting world. We are going to be back. But for now, uh, we're taking a quick break at the beginning of the year and retooling and we'll be back on air uh, in a couple months. So stay tuned. Forgotflix.com isn't going anywhere. We're still going to be adding information and cool stuff there. And uh, we will be announcing things so shortly. So we will be back. We will. We will. We're not dead. As much as you wish we were. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> okay, Jay. Well, on that note, I can't think. I'm trying to think if there's anything else you thanked everybody. You went through all the contact info crap. Rub their nose and the fact that we're taking a vacation. Yeah, I think that's it. Any final, any final words? <laughs> Last guy that talked to me like that. It's a dent in his forehead the size of my pinky ring. This is Sid Haig, and you're listening to Forgotten Flicks.